1: I think this resolution is poorly researched and poorly put together and poorly worded. Um, At best, it's misleading. At worst, it's just an untruth. That's the voice of St. Charles County Councilman Mike Elam from a couple of weeks ago talking about an immigration resolution, rather an anti-immigration resolution that was proposed by a couple of different councilmen. We will talk about that in just a moment with Joe Brazel, who is a St. Charles County councilman out of District 2. He joins us on the Quiver River Electric guest line. It is Amy marks and Chris Ranji this morning. And Councilman Brazel, good to have you with us today. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you guys doing? We are doing okay. So let's. Uh, we, we know the vote failed early in the week by a three-three vote. Did not have the majority, so it did not pass. Explain to us what the resolution is and why you felt the need to propose it.
2: Okay, why I proposed it was was a bunch of when, when Mayor Jones from St. Louis announced that she's they're sending leadership up to Chicago. They, the, Chicago is a sanctuary city. St. Louis is not, and so they had brought in eighteen thousand immigrants to Chicago, and obviously it's not working out so well for them. So they want to bring them down to St. Louis. Now, keep in mind, this is what you call the uh, this is the parole program from the, the DHS Homeland Security. And do you realize that this is was not an act of Congress? So the Biden administration just said, this is what we're doing, which is unlawful. It's unconstitutional because it can go through Congress. So Attorney General Bailey is suing Obama's or the, uh, Biden administration on this point, along with 19 other state attorneys suing them, saying this is illegal. This is not legal. These are not legal immigrants. It hasn't been through our, our process. They're not vetted. And so... We had people calling me. I had my constituents calling me, and I'm like, you know, there's really not what we can do, but I guess I can do a resolution. So that's why I did it. I called four three council members. They're like, yeah, I'm on board. We're just following the federal and state immigration laws. That's what we're going to do. And that's what the, the, or, the resolution says. It's very clear on what we're doing. And at the, last, the last whereas is we welcome anybody into our, into our county that has followed the legal process. We welcome all immigrants. And so it's not anti-immigration. It's 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 law and order. It's following the federal and state immigration laws. And there's 20 other states that agree with us on this. So we're not standing alone on this issue. So the other thing is, is, you know, the, the council members who voted no for it, by voting no for it, they, they're, they're just pandering to the left. Because did you hear that tape, what they were chanting? Did you hear what they were chanting? Yeah, I did. And I don't really understand the
1: purpose of it. I know you wanted us to watch it, and we did. And I saw the photos. I don't know what that has to do with, with this policy, though.
2: Well, what it has to do with is just Palestine to Mexico, all the border walls must go. That's an anti-Israel chant. It's Hamas chant. And so half the people in there were BLM, Antifa, uh, LGBTQ, let's, and let's, there are some Mr. Some Brazel, let, Democrats. Let's, let's stay on
1: topic here. Let, let's, why does St. Charles County have anything to do with an effort to bring immigrants to St. Louis City?
2: the 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 ordinate the, the resolution it's a resolution we pa- we well, well you can ask me this we pass a lot of resolutions we pass a resolution for uh, opposing the St Louis together. Uh, resolution. Mike voted for that. I mean, so you can sit there and make that argument. What you're saying is, why would, what does it have to do with St. Charles County? Well, it has everything to do with St. Charles County when they start coming to St. Charles County. But more importantly, it's a resolution. None of our, resolu- all of our resolutions are pretty much meaningless. They're just statements. So let's be sure we're clear that I do understand that. But if, if that, what you're saying, you're going to make that argument, that means you don't vote for any resolution because they're all useless. So, so why it's, even it's vote an for any of them? It's a question. Going... I just don't understand. No, no, it's the a purpose. very, no, it's a fair, it's a fair fair question. What yeah. my point is, is you can't make the argument saying, well, we have nothing to do with immigration. Yeah, that's true. But every resolution we pass is meaningless. It's just a statement. So if you're if that's your argument, then don't vote for any resolutions.
3: So going back to the language of the resolution, there was some pushback because there was conflation between illegal immigrants and immigrants who are here legally. Uh, you mentioned the Biden program, which is a humanitarian parole program, which would allow 30,000 immigrants from those four countries. Uh, Cuba, Haiti, Nicaragua, and, and Venezuela, who have a sponsor in the U.S. and who have passed a background check, so they're documented, come to the U.S. for a period of two years to live, live and work lawfully. Are you saying then that you are conflating those people with illegal immigrants?
2: I am, and twenty other state attorneys, yes. But let's say, let's go back to what you're talking about. If you think that this is, let's say that you're going to argue that this is a legitimate program, okay? So it says two years. The sponsors who bring these folks over are supposed to sponsor them for two years. Well, this program, they're sponsoring for three months. They're giving them living quarters and a phone. What happens after the three months? Who's going to take over from there? We're just going to turn them loose, going to kick them loose. What's the plan? They don't have a plan. I asked that question. What's the plan? Because if you believe this is the, the, a, a legitimate policy, then stick to the policy. But they're not doing that. So what about that? Well, the
1: plan is that they help them get employment. There are resources for that. I mean, I've I've read the international years, though, institute. It,
2: it, the, the policy requires two years. They're giving it for three. If you read it, they're giving it for three months. Yeah,
1: and I and I read your resolution too, and I want to ask you about this part. It says um, that that St. Charles County will face substantial, irreparable harms from the implementation of the program, since it will unlawfully authorize potentially hundreds of thousands of additional migrants. To enter each of their already overwhelmed territories,
2: so I think you got an old resolution because the new one. So you change that then? Yeah, it doesn't. Okay. Ha, it doesn't say that. Yeah, it, okay. it, it's just specific about the uh, the homeland security policy. Okay, and so and so. So, I, but, I mean, but do you believe? Yeah.
1: Do you believe, uh, Councilman Brazel, that there will be? Harm done to St. Charles County, what is the harm? What's the financial harm? because in the old uh, resolution, it says there will be pocketbook injuries. Um, so so what exactly does that mean? How much money are we talking and where did you get the data?
2: It, it, it comes off of the same lawsuit filed by Attorney General Andrew Bailey. That's what his language was pocketbook injuries, law enforcement schools, our schools. Our our police department is understaffed by 13 officers. We're completely understaffed, which 13 is not that much, but in our county it's still significant. St. Louis City is completely understaffed. They're already the highest crime rate in the the country. So if you're going to spend resources on immigrants, what about spending resources on the existing conditions and problems with your community? It makes zero sense. I mean, and so pocketbook injuries, our schools are completely exploding, overloaded. For when, when they go to St. Louis and the immigrants realize how dysfunctional it is and how much crime they have, and then they start coming to Jefferson County and St. Charles County, which will happen, then in and, and, and my view, and in the Attorney generals of 20 other states, they're illegal, they're not legal, so who's going to pay for this stuff? I mean, it, it, it's not about, it, it, when people argue Oh, you're, not, you're, you're a racist, that's what liberals go to, you're a racist, you're a fascist because they can't make a, log- a, a logical argument. So I think we're well, making well, lots, lots of can, logical ha- arguments to you. Well, no, with we you. can, you and and I are having a decent yeah, discussion, yeah. but I'm, I'm just saying that well, that's what go, you hear often, you know. But no, I, it's just it's right now where we are is we're in a financial crisis with our schools. Our schools are overloaded. Our police staff is understaffed. And so when illegal immigrants on top of a lot of other folks moving in and stuff, it creates a strain on the existing taxpayers. The same with St. Louis City. So St. Louis City has a lot of homeless people down there. What about that? So, so, we just let's let's start. Let's why don't we just let in whoever we want, and let's not have any rules or laws.
3: I will well, say if that's how we're going. I'm go sorry. Yeah, and and I think um I I agree in the sense that our immigration policy right now, especially pertaining to the southern border, it's not even good or bad policy. is just a lack of policy. It feels out of control. When we're talking about humanitarian parole applications, I do think that's different. I do know that many of the Bosnians who settled in St. Louis, um, those from Afghanistan who settled here had a similar program, a humanitarian parole program, and that uh, the U.S. has so far rejected over 90 percent of Afghan humanitarian parole applications. So it's not Everybody's coming in uh this is as when you look at the one point five million humanitarian parole applications, thirty thousand is still pretty slim.
2: That's thirty thousand a month uh
1: well see well I, I I dispute that number because the international Institute over the course of forty years has sponsored over twenty four thousand people That's really well, that's not much of a burden over a course of forty years and i can't I can't see. An an honest, realistic possibility of 30,000 people per month flooding into St. Louis.
2: No, no, this, what you're talking about is in the past. This is a new policy that they, that they, so engaged you think 30,000
1: people per month are going to make their way to St. Louis? That's, that's
2: what it says. Is, no, no, in the country, it says 300. Yeah, well, let wor- let's worry about here, Mr. Yeah,
1: yeah, let's, let's worry about St.
2: Louis. Well, here, my point is this. You may not agree with me, but my point is this. There's 360,000 into our country with this policy that we feel is unconstitutional and unlawful. So whether or not they go to St. Louis or anywhere else is still illegal in my view and a lot of other people's view. And so that's the that's the, the old gist of the matter. And and so you're asking me why are we chiming in on it? It's why we chime in on anything else. Just like the St. Louis together, We we, we did a resolution opposing that. How do we, what do we have to do with that? Well, all the council members voted in favor of that. So, if you want to use the argument that it has nothing to do with us, then no resolution. Yeah. A lot of resolutions have nothing no, to do I, with I it.
3: No, I understand resolutions don't carry a lot of weight, but there's something to be said for saying that you're willing to put your name publicly and take a stand on a certain policy position. It's why it's important, I think, to pass resolutions, for instance, in uh, what we're facing today uh, with. With uh, the conflict in Israel against Hamas, I think it's important to be able to pass a resolution condemning anti-Semitism, and it's telling when people won't put their names to that. So I understand for sure uh, the uh, purpose of a resolution in this case. I think when, again, it's it's using terms, you know, illegal immigrants uh, versus those who are on humanitarian parole. It's looking at the numbers and I, the resolution. I mean, you are to, you know, as you said, putting your name on what you believe and what you believe to be unconstitutional.
2: That is correct. And that's that's where we're not going to agree. I do believe that it's an illegal uh, program, just like a lot of other people do. And I'll tell you this, too. I represent St. Charles County, not St. Louis. And I had a lot I, there. There are very few people in that meeting for St. Charles County. And that's a fact. They did some kind of organization to have all these people show up. And when you say it's not important that they're doing anti Israel chants, the group being loud and obnoxious, which I've never seen in twenty three years as a council member, people treating other people that way. It was unbelievable. It's so disrespectful. And and to chant uh what they were chanting and and it just it just was wrong. It was it was organized effort to uh just dismantle the law and order in our county and in our country and in our state. And that's what I believe. And you guys may not agree with it, that's fine. And I appreciate having this conversation with you, but it's just that's how I see it. and That's how a lot of people see it in, in, in St. Charles County.
3: Well, uh, for, for, I guess to Ron's yeah. point, I don't think he was saying that it's not important. I think we wanted to ask you specifically about the language of your resolution, regardless of how people responded to it. We wanted to get your uh, thoughts and opinion on your resolution, because definitely looking at what's happening in county council and city council meetings across the country. Well, I haven't seen as much hate as I've seen, you know, in in the past couple of weeks. So I I agree with hateful chants in the or excuse me, I agree that you said that hateful chants are important. And they are, it's something that I haven't seen to this degree. It's upsetting and it's discouraging. However, with this, how it relates to your particular resolution, we wanted to ask you about your wording, regardless of how people responded to it.
2: Yeah, and so yeah, and so I, I stand by this resolution. And if, if are we gonna are we gonna put it forward again? I don't know. Um, our council members were just sitting on it. Maybe get through the holidays. Does it? Does it? Is it worth the, um, the 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 chaos that it creates? I don't know. I really don't. I don't know if it's worth it at all. I mean, it's worth it if it passed. It would have passed if if one of our council members were there, but he had a real reason to not be there. So. I don't know, guys. I mean, you know, for me, I believe in law and order. I believe that it makes us a civilized community. If we're starting to start throwing a constitution out and our laws and orders out, then then what the hell? You know, what are we doing? And that's just my opinion. And I know that you guys are not as conservative as me, and I get it, and that's okay. But the way I see this, guys, is this is an American, American issue. It's a nonpartisan issue. And if we start just letting stuff lax and don't care about stuff like that, that's when we're really in trouble. And I think we're really in trouble right now. And And that's just how I feel.
1: Yeah, and we appreciate the conversation. I, I see where you're coming from. My thinking is this is an area, the entire St. Louis area, including St. Charles. And I know that that population. Fluctuates in certain parts of St. Louis, but for the most part, this is an area bleeding population, and it we could probably stand to use a few extra people coming into the area to work, to start businesses, to to go to schools, to be part of the community because people are leaving. People are not just leaving St. Yeah. Louis City, but they're leaving the whole area. So,
2: well, that's that, let me back up again. St. Charles County is one of the fastest growing counties, right? In the but state but of I'm Missouri. talking
1: about the entire area. The entire right. area. People are leaving. And in St. And then, Charles and, County is not making up for the, the people who are leaving.
2: Right. And you got to ask yourself, why are they leaving? I mean, is it probably because it's got a dysfunctional Democrat, uh, uh, you know, office holders in, in St. Louis? I mean, is that to the entire is that one region of the reasons?
1: It's the whole region. And I, I think it's can stand to use. Yeah, and I hear what you're saying. but if mean, you
2: got these liberal woke policies, it's going to ruin communities, and that's what it does. That, or is, entire- that is
1: absolutely your opinion. And we do appreciate you giving it to us today. Joe Brazzle, St. <laughs> Charles County Councilman, District 2. Thank you for your time. Farming well, time, guys. Bye bye. And Joe Brazel with us. If you missed the interview, you can go back and listen to it on the Odyssey app. It'll be posted a little bit later or KMOX.com. It's all available for you. And, of course, wherever you get your podcast, we, we recommend the Odyssey app because you can listen to the show live. Wherever you are, you can listen to Cardinals baseball live also, which is an awesome thing that you can do. Cool. We're going to talk to Matt Pauley at the bottom of the hour because, uh, well, right after the 1130 news, the Cardinals might still be in the market for another starting pitcher. At least those are the reports out there today. We will discuss that with him. We've got more coming up. Your thoughts on the interview with Councilman Brazel, welcome as well. 314-436-7900. It's Chris and Amy on KMOA.
0: Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country. Providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams. All in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives. Streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app.
1: Chris and Amy on KMOX, uh, 314-436-7900. If you want to join us and uh, you have thoughts on Councilman Brazel's interview, we just did.
3: And like I said, and I really appreciate him coming on and being honest lot of about his opinion. Who,
1: yeah, a lot of people who are on that side yeah, th- that are as conservative as he is refuse to talk to us, which is crazy because you are very conservative. I am not, obviously, but it's it's like people can't even bother to have a conversation with somebody who doesn't absolutely reflect every single mm-hmm. political opinion they have. And, and so I, at least he did that, and I appreciate oh, it. Oh,
3: I really appreciate him coming on, for sure. Uh, the Yeah, it's interesting because, I, again, the, when you look at the border, specifically the southern border border, Uh, It's a disaster. It's a lack of a policy. When you look at immigration from a country like Afghanistan, I'm heartbroken. Uh, Donald Trump started it. Uh, Joe Biden finished it as far as failing our allies there because, in order to slow down immigration, Donald Trump really gutted the system of vetting Afghan allies. Uh, People who had been in the system for years filed years worth of paperwork, risked their lives to help. United States, the United States military. And then we're at the very last stages of getting over. Trump completely gutted the program so that paperwork was just dripping through. And then, of course, Biden pulled out and left our allies to die. And that really upsets me. So that's another side of the immigration side where we've messed up. With this humanitarian parole, and I'm not an immigration lawyer, but I do know when it comes to humanitarian parolees, The Department of Homeland Security is granted the power of providing humanitarian parole to certain refugees by the Immigration and Nationality Act of 1952. Um, So when it comes to humanitarian parole, you have that act, an act of Congress, granting the Department of Homeland Security, an executive branch department, uh, the power to use its discretion in granting right. humanitarian parole. I know it gets very complicated. It, Perhaps where, I mean, I'm missing it's it. It's in the weeds. But
1: and, and, uh, my, I can't stop thinking about the most important thing. How does it pertain to St. Louis and the St. Louis area? And I cannot stop. I cannot get past the fact that we need people to want to live here. Well, And, the, and this is an opportunity. And by the way, yeah, 30,000 a month might come into the country. That's not we're talking about here. What's the realistic influx of people that would make their way to the St. Louis area? And Councilman Brazel's argument is, well, they'll go to St. Louis City and realize it's dysfunctional and then come out to where we are. So then you're implying that they want to be in a place that's functional, which means they want to participate. They want to be mm-hmm. part of your society. Is that not a good thing? And I, know- what, what, I, don't, I don't understand the idea of wanting to prevent people from coming. Mm-hmm. We need people here. This, we need people in this area. This people are leaving system. the area.
3: The same system is one way so many uh, Bosnian immigrants were able to come to San And what, Louis. Do they,
1: what do they want to do? They want to make a mm-hmm. life for themselves, they want to start businesses and work. And we always complain about how places are understaffed. Maybe these folks coming in could help staff those understaffed places. We're not thinking the right way here, I don't believe. We'll talk to Matt Pauly about the Cardinals when we come back on KMOX. Amy Marks cores Chris Ranji on KMOX. Go to the Quiver River Electric guest line again today. And as I mentioned, it looks like the Cardinals might still be looking for more starting pitching, despite the fact they have already acquired three starters over the last couple of weeks. Our report today is brought to you by Renner Garage Door. R-E-N-N-E-R forward and back. Family owned and top rated. RennerDoorSTL.com. We talked to Matt Pauley, host of Sports Open Line. With us now on KMOX. Matthew. Hello. Hello. So uh, here are the rumors. Last we heard from Ken Rosenthal says the Cardinals um, have have interest potentially in Dylan Cease, which would indicate to me that maybe it's not just him. They still have feelers out there for other starting pitching. So uh, it says to me they're not quite done yet. Is that the truth or do you think this is just uh, smoke? What do you think it is? I think
4: it's the Cardinals have not closed the door on anything, and if something makes sense, they'll certainly walk through that door. I still, I would be surprised if they go get a Dylan Cease, a Tyler Glass. Now uh, we'll see. Yeah, yesterday the news was that Sonny Gray's contract has been backloaded, so he's only going to actually make ten million dollars this year. So that's fifteen million dollars less than you thought he was going to make. So you start to do the thing. Well, does that create a little bit more roster flexibility and payroll flexibility to do something? Um, I,
1: I, I
4: Again, the door is not closed, but I'm not overly optimistic about any
1: of these things. So then, okay, w- well, if they did, what would you think is the most realistic um, option for them to acquire another starter? In terms of what they have to give up? No, who they would get. Oh, um... Hmm. If, I mean, if it's not going to be the the kind we're talking about—the Cease or the Glasno or the Snell or anybody like that.
4: Oh well, I mean, yeah. I mean, look—they they can bring in a guy who's a veteran guy trying to, you know, get back on the right track who can come in and contend for the fifth starter spot. And uh, if he doesn't make it, he's got some sort of opt out or maybe he can go to the bullpen, something like that. I, I, th- I think that is, you know, very possible. But I, I don't think it's worth talking about because it doesn't really make your team that much better. The right. only the only type guys that make your team really better are the guys that we're talking about right now. I, th- I think Cease, Glassnow, and Yamamoto are the three guys out there who are left to, you know, really make your team better. Like, um, I, I had Bob Nightingale on uh, Sports Open Line the other day, and he mentioned Wade Miley. I like Wade Miley. I think Wade Miley's a good pitcher. I don't think—they've got Wade Miley. Like, yeah. if, <laughs> if you get Wade Miley, he, it's just kind of another guy that you throw in there with, with Lynn and Gibson and Michaelis. Like, they're all, those, the, you know, a different version of kind of the same guy.
3: So, the Red Sox and the Giants, reportedly, really, really want Yamamoto. They're ready to go big with him. Is what percentage? And we're talking percentage, so out of a hundred, what percentage chances does Yamamoto Yamamoto have of landing in St. Louis?
4: Thank you for explaining
1: that percentages were out of a hundred. <laughs>
3: well, because I was gonna say like,
4: do
1: you know why she did one that? One out of ten, Matt. Do you know why she did that? Uh, I don't. Because she doesn't think you know.
3: No. <laughs>
0: She We're gonna do this on
1: you know, a uh, on a on a base seven no. scale. She doesn't I, think uh, you know what percent means, and the cent <laughs> meaning century.
3: I, guess it, I was thinking, it was, I always it's say 100. one hundred through ten. Uh, okay, my apologies. Listen, I'm still, I'm just a little. You know what? Just give me your answer. <laughs>
1: <laughs> just explain it to her would you just tell well, me here's what just
2: happened thing?
3: everything
1: everything she almost
4: said she realized was going to be more offensive to me <laughs> so she just kept her mouth shut so thank you
3: that's not uh, right it didn't have anything to do with you I just totally listen sometimes i can be
1: condescending oh <laughs> Did
4: Actually, you 5%? 5%. Okay,
3: that's I, I don't not is a lot of closed? is
1: that, is that out of of 100? <laughs> Shut it up. is out of okay. 100. Listen, you yeah. can send all so, your So complaints. 5% chance Yamamoto's a Cardinal. Yeah, which I think is it's not 0, it's not 1. Like <laughs> I, I, I think they're going to
3: Oh, see, so you uh, know why I explained that to you, Ronj? Because he didn't think you knew what 5 meant.
1: <laughs> okay.
4: Go ahead. I don't Matt. think there's a high probability of it, but I don't think the door is completely closed.
3: Okay. Okay. So what is it if it's going to cost a lot to get Yamamoto. Is it that you're trading? Is it that the Cardinals will have to spend more than we think they're prepared to spend? Or is it both of those things?
4: I, It's more about what other teams are going to spend. I feel like as long as Yamamoto is going to go for the big salary and uh, players who come over from Japan, more often than not, they want to go to bigger coastal cities. Uh, that's just been the trend that has occurred. So uh, we don't really know what Yamamoto thinks about St. Louis. You know what, maybe Lars Nootbaar and Nolan Arenado have just been doing a you know a bang up recruiting job and he really wants to come to St. Louis and he's willing to, you know, come here at the money that the Cardinals are willing to offer. That's why I say 5% because if you kind of believe in real world type things, he's likely to want to go to a bigger city on the coast and he's likely to want to get as much money as he possibly can get and I don't think the Cardinals are going to offer either of those things.
1: I would th- this is my take on the Japanese player wanting to play on a coast or the international player. That's what they want is that the, the coastal teams tend to just pay more. I don't think it's, I don't think it's about, Oh, I got to be by the ocean or closer to home. And that could be part of it. But I think that if the Cardinals or the brewers or whoever decided to pony up, they could have these guys.
4: You're probably right. And look, look at what happened in the central divisions this year. The, the, the level of competition, the AL Central is the worst division in baseball, and the NL Central is arguably the second worst division in baseball. There's always teams in those divisions who are just completely punting on what they're doing, and generally multiple teams, and that isn't the case as much uh, in, in the West and East. There are teams that do it, uh, but it's different. So you're probably on to something
1: there. You covered the Brewers for a long time. Brandon Woodruff has been um, – They they let him go. They didn't tender him, so he's not going to be a member of the Brewers. Most likely, I doubt they're going to re-sign him. Would you be interested in somebody like that coming off an injury?
4: Yeah, 100%. It's kind of a Chris Carpenter type thing. Remember, the Cardinals basically signed him to not pitch for a year, and then he pitched the next year. Uh, That's what's going to happen in all likelihood with Woodruff. There's a chance that he comes back this upcoming season, but I think there's a higher percentage chance that he does not pitch at all. So the team that signs him will sign him to a deal knowing that he may not pitch this year. When Brandon Woodruff is at his best, He's a top ten pitcher in in Major League Baseball, and I guess the question is, we don't coming off the injury, we don't for sure know that he's ever going to get back to that. But I like Brandon Woodruff a lot as a human being. Uh, he's as good of a human being as there is in this game. So that's the first thing. He'd be a great guy to add into the organization, and then from a pitching standpoint, he's great. But he doesn't impact this upcoming season.
1: Yeah, I, I want bad guys who could pitch. Just give me a bad guy who knows how to throw the baseball. It's all I care about. When it come? What the hell? What? <laughs> what was that? Did you say Tim Lincecum? Yeah. Why did you? What made you think? I don't know. <laughs> what are you talking
0: and about?
4: It was so sheepish. I, I'm on a direct connection Lincecum? to you guys where I have as good of a uh, opportunity what to hear what hell? you're saying as anybody, and I hear, Lincecum? <laughs>
1: Wait, is he a bad guy I, I didn't know about I don't know. It?
3: I didn't mean to say it out loud. I was, like, thinking, bad guys who can pitch. And for some uh, reason in why? my head I was thinking, is Tim Lincecum a bad guy? Where did that... I think it's his hair. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> his hair made him look like Amy, a bad guy. Some,
1: every now and then Amy accesses a part of her brain that hasn't been accessed in years. <laughs> and then stuff like that comes out.
3: I didn't even mean to say it out loud. <laughs> and they said it on the radio. <laughs>
4: We need to Jeez. find a pitcher whose uh, walkout music is a uh, doesn't Billie Eilish have a song is it Bad Guy isn't that the name of that one song yeah. Am I right? Yeah. 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 So we just need to find a pitcher who uh comes, runs out to Billie Eilish. <laughs>
3: Man, I I know Man. people like always dream about their walkout songs, walk up songs, sorry, with their like hitters. I would want to be a closer. I'd want the door to open in the outfield and you take that jog to the mound. I think that's the most one of the most dramatic things in sports. I love it.
4: The Ryan Helsley drop the lights, do the the red WWE. Well, type but entrance.
3: Ryan, well the Hell's Bells thing that was you can't bring that back for Ryan Helsley.
1: I got it, man. We talked. Did we? We did, we right? Did, we yeah. had this conversation yeah, ad, ad nauseum. That was not my favorite thing. I know that was not my favorite thing. You can't you can't take a Hall of Famers walkout song. Mm-hmm. And use it for your own. I get, I get Hell's in his name. I get mm-hmm. it. I'm, I'm sorry. It's retired.
3: What would yours be, Matt?
1: It changes every week based off what music
4: I'm liking at any moment. I don't have a, just a set thing. Matt. It would, so here's, so I listen to a lot of contemporary Christian music mm. and... It, Paul Goldschmidt comes out to a song like that, yeah. and my daughter gets so excited if like, we're watching a Cardinal game on TV or something because that's the only music she hears in her life when she's in the car. So yeah. when Paul Goldschmidt comes out, she hears a song that she recognizes,
1: and she gets so excited about it. So, um, a couple do,
3: players do that.
1: Do you hate uh, Amy Grant the way no, Amy does?
3: Matt, he makes this up. He's disparaging because me. Amy, I love Amy Grant. Amy Grant. uh no. she
1: abandoned Christian music? No. And she went Matt, to uh, the, the mainstream? No this Are is you a mad? total
3: lie because I, I am the original Amy Grant stand. Like, I have loved Amy Grant my entire life. Guess who was listening to Amy Grant this weekend? I was. Tennessee so Christmas.
4: So this, this explains why you hate Taylor Swift because she abandoned country music. Anybody who abandons no. their original musical format, no, you she, have a very... Amy uh, doesn't you know no. like country.
3: No, I like country.
1: You do? I like...
3: I like uh, not Luke Bryan, but I like you don't Chris like Bro Stapleson. Country. I don't like Bro Country. Yeah. Chris Stapleton. Um, I listened to. Um, have you heard of Zach Bryan? Is really good. Yeah, I've heard of Zach. Bryan. He's really good.
1: Amy or Amy? Eh, I don't want to talk to you. Uh, Matt, one last question: What bowl do you think Mizzou will play in? I think they get into the new a uh, new year six bowl. Like the there's been a lot of internet
4: speculation that maybe the uh that old miss is going to sneak in in front of them and then all of a sudden that's going to drop missouri into kind of a not so great bowl i don't think that's going to happen i think they're going to get into a legit new year six college football playoff i think
3: there is a not so not college
4: football playoff like at the playoff but one of the bowls that are associated with the
1: playoff yeah yeah okay uh what's illinois's record i haven't paid attention are they bad they
4: either oh my, did they win their last game of the season? I should know this, shouldn't I? They, Are they were bowl five eligible? Wins. I have No idea.
3: You know what they I love doing? F- I love guessing on the radio because you know everyone well, listening is well, ready I'm, to I'm, drive I'm, off well, the road pe- right now.
4: Well,
1: no. They're Thankfully,
4: so I have this thing in front of me called, called a the computer. computer, and uh, I am able to just go look and see if Illinois won their final game. Uh, I'm still looking. Okay. okay. Well, it well, doesn't matter. I guess time.
1: nobody cares. We're on for hey, four
3: hours. We can't figure out if Illinois won.
1: Matt Pauly, thank yes. you for visiting with us today. We will talk again on Monday.
4: Illinois did uh, did not win their last game. They went five and seven. So ah, no happy.
1: bowl for them. That's a shame. See, that's
4: what happens when I like go on vacation. Last week I was out, and I just lose track of everything going on. And you know what? Hey. With all due respect to the uh, to the fighting Illini, and I'm a big fan of Brett Bielma, uh, you just kind of lose uh, lose track on whether or not they won a game or not.
1: You hear these excuses, Amy? Yep, excuses. He's got an excuse why he didn't know what Illinois' record was. I don't there care.
4: There is a 10% to... chance
1: mm-hmm. that I uh, did not know. That 10 I is don't... out of 100.
3: I don't care because you are disparaging my love for immigrants.
1: Goodbye, Matt Pauly. Goodbye, Chris and Amy. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Hold on, oh. Matt. A sports open yes. line tonight or Thursday night football? What is it?
4: A half hour of sports open line and then Thursday night football. Goodbye. Dallas and Seattle tonight. Not a bad game. That's not oh. a bad one.
1: No, that's good. Yeah. How about them Cowboys? All right, Matt Pawley, Uh He is our sports open line host. Cardinals pre and post game. He's an all-around good dude and who will fight you if you look at him wrong. That's Amy Marks-Kors. I'm Chris Ranji, And uh, when we come back, very important Very important thing we need to discuss Hmm. here because apparently there is a thing men do Mm -hmm. that they should not do.
3: Because it's not manly?
1: Because it's not manly, I guess. And we'll tell you what that is next on KMOX.
3: I just have a point of parliament here. Uh, Apparently, according to Wikipedia... Tim Lincecum was, quote, the most beloved San Francisco sports figure since Joe Montana. And you
1: thought he was a bad guy. Well,
3: I don't know. You know, it was a thought, and I accidentally said it. And what's unfortunate is that I said a thought, but I was on the radio at the time. I just
1: think it was very funny (laughs) that we were—I said the Cardinals need a bad guy who can pitch. And you go, Lincecum? I don't even know. Why would you think he's a bad person? I don't know. He it got was, pulled it, over and he was high once. That's but,
3: not what I was thinking. I didn't no. even know that. Anyway, it was an so, accident.
1: I think you that's already you already knew, Amy, that I'm not a real man.
3: Obviously.
1: But here's a reason why. I I didn't know that this was... Because you're a liberal? Well, yeah, obviously. But he, but uh, Jesse Waters, who was on Fox News, yeah. had this to say during his show last night. Joe Biden's Thanksgiving trip to Nantucket. He polar plunged, at a little Black Friday shopping with Hunter, and he called one of our correspondents stupid. And we're willing to look past that little outburst. But some things we just can't let slide. Joe Biden used a straw. Now if you've seen me on The Five or on Prime Time, you know I recommend that all men refrain from using straws. It's unbecoming. The way a man's lips purse. Hey. The size of the straw is just too dainty. The way your fingers clasp on it. no. Come on. Straws are for women and little kids. Okay. (laughs) All right. It's a joke, right? Uh, Well, if he said it more than once, it's a bit. It's it's, a bit. The only reasonable uh, thing is that it has to be a a bit. bit. Because if he really does think that, if he looks at other people, Mm -hmm. looks at men drinking out of straws and says, oh, man, you look like a whatever. Then then there's something he might
3: be doing his one thing to save the environment. Is that his
1: one thing, which is
3: to not use straws?
1: Well, hell, I thought the whole we were we were supposed to be angry that they were taking straws away from us, and now we're supposed to be angry that we're using them. Which one is it? Tell me, tell me where I need to be. What do I need to be mad about right now?
3: Um good question. This is, when, I, just I want heard plastic that, straws back. To be honest, I want plastic straws.
1: Paper straws don't bother me. I don't hold Ugh. on I don't hold on to a drink paper, long enough that the paper oh, dissolves.
3: I do. Paper straws. Well, it's like drinking out of the cardboard in a toilet paper The holder. first
1: time I used a paper straw, I did not know it was a paper straw until I was finished.
3: It probably was paper.
1: Um, when I heard that, it reminded me of the argument that some people make mm-hmm. And I believe it's more from the fashion world, because if you read GQ, they will have articles that say things like men should never wear shorts ever unless mm-hmm. you're wearing shorts to work out or it's some sort of athletic some thing.
3: function, specific time sensitive function for which you are wearing those shorts.
1: And then I read an article from a person. Well, I guess it was more of a column. And he was talking. This man was talking about going to Italy. Mm-hmm. And he said uh, one of the people in our group came out dressed in shorts and we went out and about. We were in public and he said not one other person was in shorts except for tourists. And he says Italian men don't do it and because they don't do it. We shouldn't do it.
3: I think European men in general don't wear as many shorts. Maybe not like Sweden, Finland. When they're here, I've seen the Swedes and the Finns. And if you're wondering why I know so many of them, it's the hockey world. They'll wear shorts here. But what I do know, my friends who are European... Uh, my good friend who lives in Switzerland. Not only does he not wear shorts, he doesn't wear athleisure. Now, he 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 is he has said that athleisure is seeping its way into European culture. It'll get there. And just like England, when I went now, this was twenty one years ago that I went to England and Scotland and Wales. It was summer, and they had an unusual. Heat wave. It was 91 degrees in London. That's hot for London.
1: Bet you wish you had shorts now. No, my
3: sister and I had shorts. But guess what? It was Americans who wore shorts. No one else wore shorts. And honestly, not even that many Americans. People not only didn't wear shorts, but they all had decorative scarves, like fashion scarves as well. In the summer? In the summer. Okay,
1: so anybody We were the
3: only people who wore shorts. We were there for two weeks. Yeah,
1: it's fine to have that opinion that men shouldn't wear shorts ever. That's great, whatever. Uh, you don't live in St. Louis. If you live in the St. Louis or you live in the South mm-hmm. somewhere and you refuse to wear shorts because you're a man, you are an idiot. Unless you've well. got like some sort of disfigurement. But if it's just if you're a, if you're a regular, <laughs> oh maybe you don't want people can, to see your disfigurement. Well,
3: Maybe you shouldn't be ashamed of it.
1: I agree with that. You can wear shorts. I agree with that. If it's about being self-conscious, okay. you can work past that. But if it's just a matter of principle... Sometimes
3: I don't wear shorts when I feel bloated.
1: Okay, that's different than a matter of principle. Men should never do it because they're men. It that's is, stupid. It it's is, too damn hot here. It is
3: not as dapper. On the other hand of the spectrum, other side, not hand, on the other side of the spectrum, you have the always wearing shorts guy, where if it is six degrees and know, you go to yep. Deerbergs, there is always a guy, usually the, the same kind of guy, yep. and he is always in shorts. Always,
1: I got a buddy. I have, I have a the, I'm thinking of two people right now who are on opposite ends of this. One of them absolutely refuses to wear shorts mm-hmm. and the other one absolutely refuses to wear pants. Anything but unless shorts. unless it's like a wedding or something. Yeah. But he will it when it is 10 degrees, mm-hmm. literally 10 or lower, he will still have shorts on.
3: Sometimes it's
1: it's insanity.
3: It is. And it's a hundred percent a real thing. Now, this might be a Missouri thing. It might be a Midwest thing. But that guy is always there. I can picture it right now going into Target, going into Walmart, going into Dearburg's, wherever you're doing your errands on that very cold day. The always in shorts guy.
1: If you are a man (laughs) and uh, you will not use a straw because you're a man or you won't wear shorts. Because you're a man, or you think people shouldn't, let us know. 314 436 7900. Let us know. I would love to know. Would you, I I honestly kind of think that Jesse Waters is partially serious. You no,
3: know, I know. He's not I think, serious. I about think part this. of him
1: is serious, or he's just trying to find another reason to make people upset.
3: Well, we're talking about him. And I just want to extend my sincere apologies to Tim Limpsigan, who, as I continue to read, seems like a pretty nice guy.
1: That's Amy Marks' course. I'm Chris Ranji. Final hour of the show. Next on KMOX.